This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. It's amazing to see we're into May already. The weather has definitely made a shift, although today it's a little windy. You might hear the wind in the background. But we've had a beautiful blend of sun and rain showers that has resulted in abundant produce from our gardens. I particularly enjoy our celery with its cleansing and refreshing nature for spring, clearing out any excess kapha. We've had wonderful blossoms on the mango trees that indicate a big harvest is coming this year. One of my favorites. We all can't wait. <laughs> we have a large farm crew right now, four farmers and a few others from the community. Everything is well tended and our asparagus is producing beautifully. I haven't eaten much asparagus in my life and have enjoyed having this regular supply right from our backyard. Asparagus is an extractive vegetable, meaning it has more cleansing effect rather than adding to the body and it requires the body to give up something to digest it. It's a great blood cleanser. It was fun to share it with our 200-hour yoga teacher trainees earlier this year. We also had two guests for Ayurvedic treatment in April who enjoyed it. They wanted to take some home to Australia, so we included it. What a lovely couple they were. In only eight days, they experienced themselves in new, in new ways. Deeper sleep, their skin quality improved, joints became more comfortable, as well as a new depth in their relationship. They mentioned how different their experience here was than the more spa-type treatment they had in India. They also wrote to us to let us know they had a surprisingly comfortable journey home. They said they were typically miserable on long flights. The power of the treatments is so amazing that in that length of time, we start to realize that our body can be very different than what we may have been experiencing. And that was so great to hear, especially since they have plans for more travel this year. I did a lot of flying in what seems like another lifetime to me. I was an executive in a pharmaceutical distribution company and I regularly flew coast to coast in the United States for my work. Adding my international vacations and it was all over the top hundreds of thousands of miles a year. Wow, how did you feel? Ungrounded and spacey most of the time and really often got scattered. I can imagine. Was that before you came to Ayurveda? Yes, it was quite a while before. I didn't have the tools to take care of myself and I spent years correcting the imbalances that accumulated from that time. Vata dosha increases with travel and it increases as we age. And this is true for any mode of travel, though. Air, train, car, or boat, because of the movement. In Ayurveda, we acknowledge the natural principle that like attracts like, and the opposite brings balance. And Vata Dosha is responsible for the movement in, in the body, including the heartbeat. So more movement creates more Vata. And balanced Vata Dosha is important for everyone, not just those with vata as a prominent dosha in their constitution. Remember, each of us has all three doshas, 
and Vata mobilizes the other two. It also has the ability to push them out of balance. Most of us are using electronics that have flickering to create the projection of the image, like computers and cell phones, and this aggravates Vata dosha too. So many things we do today aggravate Vata, and making Vata our friend is something that benefits everyone. And especially the longer we're on the planet. When Vata increases, our mental and physical health is affected in a negative way. The mind can become cloudy and scattered and have difficulty focusing. We can become forgetful, anxious, and fearful. And the body tends to want to move constantly. Sometimes the hands and feet will feel cold and constipation is definitely a tendency. Balanced Vata goes a long way to support health and longevity. Learning how to balance Vata not only enhanced the health of my body, but the health of my mind and emotions. I had much less fear, anxiety, and oversensitivity, and I was able to begin cultivating actual spiritual connection, something I'd been trying to do unsuccessfully for a while. But travel is an area where I definitely noticed the benefits of the Ayurvedic approach of living life aligned with nature. And since, since travel is so common these days, let's talk about how Ayurveda can keep us healthy and feeling great during and after. Ayurveda considers the whole being, body, mind, and spirit. Having a calm mind is a great priority to have the whole journey be smooth and easy, whether it's a trip or life. Our energy and attitude is everything, and the activity in our mind will reflect in our experience. This is the principle that matter follows consciousness. Having anxious, rushed, or scattered energy translates into difficulty in the journey, often with residual effects at the destination. The more we reduce stress, the more we can enjoy each step of the trip. Preparing for your trip in advance will help you reduce that stress. Use lists as needed or whatever you need to stay organized and calm. Sometimes I have that intention to pack by the week in advance. Then I try to do too many things in a short period and end up packing at the last minute. So I've learned to make a point to take pause with 12 slow, conscious breaths. Just really letting my belly expand on the inhale and relax with the exhale. And then smile to myself and continue packing. And preparing. This makes a big difference in how I feel. And then that's something that can be done anytime, sitting, standing, or laying with the eyes open or closed, that we often refer clients to just to keep stress down in general. A bhyanga with an herbal medicinal oil is also recommended right before a trip and as soon as possible after you arrive. The oil, the herbs, and the touch are all important components of the process. The most effective pattern when applying the oil yourself is following the directions of the five vayus, which are the subdoshas of vata dosha. It assists the vayus, or these energies, to go in their proper direction and in the proper amount. When these vayus get disturbed, they don't go in their proper direction. So, for example, when apana vayu starts moving up instead of down its natural direction, then we get constipated or we get bloated as air accumulates in the colon. 
We, and we have a Bianca instructions that describe this pattern on our website, hollypule.com. Another important practice is to eat in a balanced way leading up to travel. Well, that's an important practice all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but adjust your eating and sleep schedule the day of your travel to the new location, and this will minimize the effect of time changes. We have to be especially aware of this traveling from Hawaii because it's a long way to anywhere. Have warm cooked meals with the appropriate balance of augmenting to extractive foods. Augmenting foods add to the body and have sweet as their primary taste. Extractive foods draw things out of the body and have bitter or astringent as their primary taste. Heavily refined foods are extractive in that they ask the body to give up something. So instead of the natural digestive process, the liver has to work to process them like a toxin. So we're not talking about that kind of extracted food. We mean natural ones, like dark leafy greens. Be sure to use adequate oil when you're cooking food to maintain lubrication in the body. And couldn't you use a little extra oil when you're cooking for travel? You could use a little bit of extra, but not a lot. Excesses uh, bring more imbalance. Mm -hmm. Have cooked whole grains for grounding the body and to provide bulk for the stool that's necessary so that your elimination can remain regular and complete. If your trip is more than four hours, then cook some food in advance and take it along. Solid food goes through security and all right. Uh, just be careful it doesn't have any extra liquid in it. And you'll feel much better having freshly cooked prana-filled food that you prepared rather than commercially prepared food. What about longer flights where you need food for two or more meals? Then you can cook the food that you'll consume in the next 12 to 24 hours. I wouldn't go any farther than that. Things like a flatbread of chapati or muffins or, or love loaf, dosas, these are all great for longer trips. And we have recipes for these on our website. And in my books, Simple Ayurvedic Recipes and Freedom in Your Relationship with Food. These foods all travel easily and they retain some prana. You can also take some fresh dates and some nuts. They make a great small meal, as long as you chew them really well. They're easiest to digest if you soak them in advance or you cook them a little bit in advance. Nuts are dense and oily and that counters the dry and light nature of travel. I just want to jump in about the nuts. Many people these days are eating raw cashew, and if you're going to have cashew, just be sure you cook them so that it, it um, neutralizes the toxic coating. Yes, because cashews are actually the fruit of the plant rather than the, a nut anyway. If you need meals that go beyond 24 hours from the time you've cooked, then it might be best to find something that's freshly prepared. Rice is available in many places, and don't hesitate to ask how long ago was it cooked. And then I carry a small jar of ghee that I can add to my food when traveling. Then after you arrive, you want to continue to eat appropriately for dosha balance and give some extra care to stay away from vata-increasing foods that are dry, light, and airy. And if you feel scattered or spacey, then a little more emphasis on the augmenting foods, such as whole grains or um, a sweet vegetable, 
say 70% instead of 60% of the plate. If you can't cook your meals while you're away, then check out in advance what restaurants or health food stores would have things that you would like to eat. And make sure you know where they are and have all that ready so that you've done that act of self-care for yourself. That's a great idea. And yeah, you mentioned small jars of ghee to take, and the small jars also work well for rehydration drinks. Right. With the artificial heat and cooling and the travel environments, they're really dehydrating. Now, ideally, we'd sip warm water throughout the day. And definitely be mindful to hydrate well throughout a long trip, but not too much at one time. About four ounces is what the body can actually absorb at once. The rehydration drink is so simple to make. It's specific amounts of honey, lime, and salt in water. And it can be made in a concentrated way that you can fit in a small jar to take on flights. And those instructions are on our website, halepule.com, in the Library of Self-Healing. And speaking of dryness, my ears, nose, and lips dry out when I travel. So I usually take a one-ounce jar of ghee to use in my nostrils and on my lips, and I'll take a little sesame oil as well, and I'll put that on my pinky finger and inside my ears to reduce the effects of the dry environment. It's also common to experience constipation while traveling. Too much sitting, the dry environment, and stress all contribute to this. Taking some triflet tablets or powder a little beforehand, during, and after your travel will assist you to keep things moving. And it also helps to maintain a healthy environment in the digestive tract. And it feels so much better mentally to have regular elimination. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a short break and be back in a few minutes to talk about more tools for balanced travel. Understanding how to have a union of mind, body, and spirit takes longer than 200 hours of yoga teacher training. Continue your personal and professional development with Hale Pule's Advanced Yoga and Ayurveda Intensive. You'll gain an expanded understanding of your place in the cosmos and your role as a practitioner, teacher, and human being. The subtle and mystical aspects of yoga and Ayurveda are revealed through the classical texts as Meyer Lewin discusses and applies them to daily life and to working with others. This intensive is eligible for Yoga Alliance continuing education credits and NAMA continuing education credits. It is open to teachers, practitioners, and advanced students of yoga. Visit halepule.com for details. We're back. We've been talking about tools to stay balanced during travel. Vata dosha needs regularity to stay balanced in general and travel often involves changing time zones and an irregular schedule. Sometimes whole days are gained or lost. The rehydration drink, oiling your body, and prioritizing warm cooked foods will minimize the effects of changing time zones. There are some really great homeopathic remedies and tinctures of herbs that help to restore the circadian rhythm. For an easy transition, I adjust to the new eating and sleeping schedule from the day I leave. Many people use travel as a way to catch up on sleep, but keep in mind that sleeping on a different schedule than your destination will make it very difficult to sleep the night of your arrival. And 
possibly for a few days afterwards, which of course will affect the quality of your trip. So I stay awake and read on airplanes or sometimes meditate so that I can be on the schedule of my destination when I arrive so that I can sleep that night. And it works really well. The yoga asanas are a great tool as well. A regular practice before, during, and after travel should emphasize vata calming poses, which will be grounding poses like standing or seated postures. And then you'll want to hold them for 20 breaths each. Connect to even breaths with the inhale and exhale being the same length. Even one or two poses with conscious breathing makes a big difference. There are simple poses to practice easily in airports or at rest stops, such as standing forward fold with your hands on the back of a chair, or seated twists in a chair. It can be done anywhere. You can rejuvenate during airport layovers even with legs up the wall or on a chair. You just lay down, swing your legs up the wall or onto the seat of the chair. And this allows blood to flow easily into your upper body, which will give your heart a break and refresh your brain. Many people neglect their regular practice while on holiday or traveling for work. I remind them that a daily practice, even a short 10 minutes, will have them be more present and enjoy themselves. The asana, like pranayama and meditation, are cumulative, meaning daily practice, even of a smaller amount, will bring greater benefit. And there are a lot of airports around the world that have a room set aside for meditation and even some for asana practice. That's so great to hear. Yeah, and maintaining a regular practice of pranayama meditation and asana makes travel and transitions in life easier, both mentally and physically. Simple practice of classical Nadi Shodhana, alternate nostril breathing, is so effective for maintaining the balance of vata dosha but also just having a sense of calmness in the mind. It also brings regularity. Often when we travel, we try to do too many things, and it's really important to keep a regular schedule of eating and sleeping when you travel. We get excited about doing special things, or we have meetings and things at odd times, but you really want to do your best to keep things regular because that is also going to keep Vata Dosha calm. The mind is a powerful tool that can easily become scattered with travel or even beforehand. Yep. Pranayama <laughs> meditation will keep your mind in its place as the tool that it is. We teach people how to come present in life because that's where we experience life fully. That's where real love is. Then we can experience some tosha, contentment, that leads to peace and to stillness. And that's when we can really come to know ourselves more spiritually. Notice if you tend to mentally zone out, reading magazines or watching movies that you wouldn't watch normally. I find with all the breaks we have in, in traveling and the length of time that that's a tendency for me. So it's a good yoga practice stay focusing on sattva and on my spiritual practices and you know on those moment-to-moment -moment bases in the airport and airplane. Yeah, you can use a mantra or you can meditate really anytime. Just a light meditation, you know, just put a bubble around yourself and go inside. And then you'll feel much more alive when you arrive at your destination. 
Myra, we had a client ask recently if it's okay to meditate and do intuitive energy practice on an airplane. Absolutely. Before you leave, you could ground the path of the vehicle, create a bubble around you, and then run your earth and cosmic energy. And then, very important to reground yourself as soon as you arrive at your location. And this can be done even commuting to and from work in Absolutely. a vehicle. Yeah. Absolutely. But when you arrive, another thing to do is to imagine an antenna over your head uh, coming from the top of your head. And just use it like a magnet to collect up any energy you've left behind so you can have a sense of wholeness. Travel can be a wonderful thing. It expands our perspective and challenges us in new ways. It's much more fun when we take care of our energy and keep the doshas balanced. When we do, we can maximize any travel experience for our spiritual growth. All those tips have made our recent trips to India much more comfortable and can create more smooth travel and transitions for anyone. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for your balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.